Welcome to episode 86 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 39 of Homecoming, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in contact with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and right there, there's three ways to contact me. We'll go over at the end of the show, even though nobody uses them. Also, Uh, While you're there, consider buying a prequel to these books. Yes, they're very exciting and terrible, just like this one. Yay! Actually, I do want to point out, I think uh, Glenn, former uh, co-host of the podcast, Glenn, did actually ask if this book was available in print yet. I should, I feel like the typo count is somewhere on par with, like, bringing balance, so I should just make it into a book, right? Who gives a crap? Oh, my laundry's done. Okay. But I could, I mean, I guess I could edit it. I don't know. I I feel stressed out a little bit right now. And on top of that, fucking November's coming up, right? I gotta write another book. Should it be another Margot and Henry one? Maybe it should be Margot and Henry in space, right? That'd be pretty sweet. I don't think I'll do that, but I I don't know. Should I write another one in this vein? I I guess so. Ah... Anywho, (laughs) nothing's really going on here, folks. Uh, I just posted the podcast like an hour ago from last week. I have been exceptionally bad at that lately, and I think this week will be the same. So, you know, get ready to wait seven days from when I'm recording this to actually listen to the podcast. Again, I feel like this one's going to be quiet. Do you guys think this is quiet? I don't think it's quiet. I don't think. Eh, whatever, it's fine. Who gives a shit? Nobody's listening. Doesn't matter. I suppose I could boost the volume. Should I boost the volume? No, I'm not gonna. Maybe for the next section, so beware once that jingly jangly noise starts. You know, it might get loud. I don't think I'm gonna do anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so, okay, let's just dive in, because we got a long one coming up. Today we are reading chapter 39, and this one comes in at 134 freaking lines. So this is like double the length of most of the chapters we've been doing lately. That That's a big deal. And I wrote down it has an actual drinking break in it, I think. Ooh. Mm. Speaking of. Anyway, uh, there's going to be a little bit of excitement and magic. So, you know. Living up to that fantasy novel, am I right? <laughs> yes, that's all that's happening. We're just going to dive right in. Uh, well, what What do I usually say? Do I have like a before I say let's dive in? I don't think so. Well, so in that case, let's dive in to chapter 39. So for today's episode, I'm sipping on a glass of Evan Williams, and I'm doing it neat today. Uh, Usually with Evan Williams' Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, I put an ice cube in, but I'm a little chilly. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go nice and warm, and it is delish. Mm -hmm. Mm. Not one of my usuals with the uh, going neat, but what are you going to do? Um... I don't think it really matters. I, I think, uh, you know, the worst thing is that this glass wasn't clean. So, yeah, I'm just lazy. <laughs> okay, let's let's find the book here. Wait a minute, I gotta go to the taskbar. I gotta open the taskbar. Okay. Thank you for helping us, Margot said quietly as she held Astrid upright. 
She felt bad about her lashing out earlier. The situation still wasn't ideal, though. Still blaming her, huh, Margo? What a bitch. You're welcome, Astrid said quietly. Henry is... Well, you all are helping me get out as well. You can't just leave, Margo said, confused. When Astrid shook her head, Margo said, You'll need to tell me about that when this is over, once we're safe and far from this place. Okay, Astrid agreed. This is, uh, this reads terrible. I, I, yeah, it's just more like damsel in distress nonsense. Ugh. All right. Henry turned and exhaled loudly, almost whistling. Well, I can't say I like this situation. We can probably fight our way to the gates, but they're locked. It looks like they expect to be attacked, Margot's father added, unhelpfully, I'm guessing. <laughs> we need them to want to open the gates, Margot said thoughtfully. Duh. <laughs> I feel like we, they wa- we need them to want to open the gates. That reminds me of, uh, what, Hunt for Red October? They have to get them off the boat. They have to want to get off the boat, right? How do you make a crew want to get off a nuclear submarine? That's when he's shaving and, yeah, and he runs back to the bridge. Is it a bridge? I think it's a bridge. (laughs) Okay. Um, Boop, 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 boop. Um, God, where was I? Okay, okay, sorry. (laughs) Best case would be that the majority of people here actually leave through them. We could scare them out, Henry sugsted. But Margot shook her head. They might scatter, but they wouldn't go outside. She saw her father shaking his head as well. In order to open the gates, they have to feel safe, Margot said. The guards would need to either be told that the enemy is vanquished, or see one of their people outside, preferably asking for help. Nobody's getting outside, so we have to convince them to open the gates, Henry said, sighing. Or... If they weren't, if there weren't so many guards here, we could open them after we dispensed with the remaining, Margot said. These ideas, this is like written by a (laughs) ten-year-old. Henry rubbed his chin for a moment. Astrid, he finally said, do you know the name of one of the commanders of all these guards? Um... Sir Riley, she suggested, because the author didn't want to think up another name, and he appeared in, like, chapter 13 or some nonsense. Oh, that's right, Margot said, remembering chapter 13. Henry, take Astrid for me. I have an idea. But we, but all of you need to hide. Ooh, what's her idea? So exciting. It's probably not actually exciting. I'm going to have some booze. Hmm. As a group. They walked back down the hallway, hallway, hallway. I, I, I would assume Astrid is hopping or somebody's holding her up, whatever. Oh, yeah, Henry took her from Mark. Okay. There were some crates, but everything was empty and left behind, forgotten. Henry lowered Astrid onto a crate, who winced as she sat. Margot could see a tear roll down her cheek, and she realized that uh, the mystery woman was in excruciating pain. Just stay here, Margot suggested, this time spelled correctly. I'll go give them new orders, okay? Margot, that's too dangerous, Henry protested. Margot ignored him and waved her hand in front of her, changing her outfit to appear as if she were in a uniform like Astrid's. 
Staring at the woman, she noted a few more details and waved her hand again, now donning the appropriate buttons, clasps, and decorations. How do I look? Margot asked. Everyone turned to look at Astrid. Um, good, she nodded. It could work. Before anyone could delay her further, she stepped into the hall and started running towards the gate. In her head, she rehearsed her lines. What lines? She worried she didn't know the right terms, but she didn't have time to worry about such details. She ran into the entry hall, and some heads turned to see her arrival. She stopped near the center of the room and yelled, Who's in charge here? I am, said a tall, weasel-like man that was clearly a mage, not a guard. He walked over calmly, asking, Can I help you? The West Gate is under attack, she blurted out. We know, he said, crossing his arms. Bloop, 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 bloop. We need more guards and mages now, she said. We have our orders to hold this gate, squinting. The mage said, squinting. Sorry. Sir Riley has changed the order, she said loudly enough that everyone could hear. The man's face shifted slightly, showing fear. We need every guard and mage that can be spared at the West Gate. But we can't abandon this post. Sir Riley has horsemen outside, she explained, shaking her head. This gate isn't in danger. Deciding to anchor everything with a nugget of truth, she explained. An explosion of some sort destroyed the entire West Gate, but now the King's army is finally squeezing down the road, and they're just inside where the gates were. They're holding them off, but we need everyone available. She was careful to be loud enough that everyone could hear her. Could hear, not her, just could hear. The mage in charge stared, is that like a, um, what do you think? Is that like a uh, actual, like, uh, position? He's the MIC, the mage in charge? I feel like it is, yeah. The MIC stared at her for a moment. And Margot could feel the tension in the room. Twenty guards and five mages, follow me, he yelled. Turning back to Margot, he asked. Is the rest of the complex safe? We heard some sort of loud roaring. They were trying something with the weapon. Also not in quotes. God damn. But it went awry, she explained. Nobody's infiltrated that far into here. Let's move out, he yelled, and he started running into the hall. Margot inserted herself into the crowd and joined them in running. The mass of people ran past the storeroom, where the others were hidden without glancing. A few paces beyond the door, Margot faked a trip and fell to the ground. As she hoped, nobody actually stopped. Rather, they just yelled for her to get up. She rose to her knees and looked at her now scraped hands. What the fuck? Can't you use magic to fix it? Jesus Christ. She shook her head, stood, and ran quickly into the storeroom. Drinking break! Ooh, this is the first actual drinking break in how many fucking chapters? Jesus Christ. Mm. I hope there are no kids listening, because I'm cursing a lot, and not with good reason. Mm. Mm -hmm. Henry watched Margot and countless guards rush past the room. He stood ready to attack if necessary, since they weren't particularly well hidden. Just a short moment after the crowd passed the room, Margot ran inside, still appearing to be a uniformed mage to the untrained eye. 
Hurry, we have to go now, she exclaimed. She rushed over to get Astrid, waving Henry and her father away. You two need to be able to fight, she explained. I think we'll have company as soon as they reach Hugo. Oh, that's right, Henry said, and rushed into the hallway. He didn't hear anyone approaching, but he stood in the hall until Margot's father emerged, followed by Margot Margo helping Astrid along. Wow, a lot of Margot in that sentence. <laughs> Go, Margot yelled at Henry, and he took off towards the gates. He heard Margot's father hurrying behind him. Reaching the entry room, Henry ran directly towards the front gates. There were only there were now only three guards and a mage in the room. Who are you? the mage asked in confusion. I'm Henry hesitated. You need to open the gates. Why? asked the mage. Margot father now joined him. <laughs> um help is coming in. They're retreating to the gate, Henry said, trying to think of a reason. The riders, the mage asked. Henry could see the guards starting to unbar one of the massive doors. Yep, Henry exclaimed. <laughs> yep, always a good answer. We just sent everyone here to the west gate, the mage said in frustration as the guards started lifting the heavy crossbar from the wooden doors. So, let me get this straight. Like, the one that they entered through was like magical black rock face kind of weird shit. And this one's just a goddamn wooden door. <laughs> Not ideal, is it? Okay. Um, Margot and Astrid now entered the room, and Henry could see the deep confusion on her face. He knew she expected a pile of bodies. They should be coming back in a moment, Henry said, knowing it wasn't a lie. Pointing to Margot and her father, Henry said, Quick, let's help. The mage started saying, I don't think the two ladies will be much help. But Henry waved his hand, hurrying to the door. Looking through the barred opening, he saw an empty space and the road beyond, free of any riders. I see them, Henry lied. He didn't move from his position, though, making sure nobody else could, could open the gate. The mage started clapping, yelling, Hurry! to the guards! Finally, with the crossbar free and in place beside the door, the two guards heaved on the handle when the door swung inward. Is that right? Would it swing inward? Feel like it's... Just, well, I guess so. Who knows? <laughs> Which way do castle doors open? Right into the show. JeffReadsHisBook.com Okay. Henry immediately stepped through and commanded, Make way for the two ladies, please. Quickly. He knew that if you spoke like you knew what was happening, people usually just listened. Margot half-carried the hopping Astrid through the door, and her father followed close behind. Shouts in the entryway were now audible, and Henry guessed correctly that the original crush of guards had returned. What is happening? Seal the gates! We're under attack! came a yell from inside. Henry guessed it was whoever had been in charge. The weasel-like man. Remember him? Yes. Wow, that's a callback from earlier in this episode. I'm going to have some booze. Mm. I'm taking, like, super extra drinking breaks, even though this chapter has one. Mm. Okay. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Uh, looking at Margot, Henry quietly said, Margot, we can't be here. 
Margot responded simply with, Oh! Closed her eyes and started a quick spell. The air around the force sizzled with energy, and Margot opened her eyes. We still need to get moving, she commanded, as the gate door behind them slammed shut. They'll figure out they let us out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They might be okay with that at this point, Henry responded. He ran to Margot and Astrid, and he took over aiding the injured woman. As they started towards the road, Henry quietly said, We're out! Astrid smiled as she hopped, appearing to relish the fresh air and sun. And that ends chapter 39! I read through that chapter way faster than I thought I would. But at least it's over, right? We don't have to hear any more of this terrible book, huh? Uh, what do I want to say? So, that entry hall where they opened the gates and escaped, I I think last week, well, I know last week, I talked about how I thought that scene might be, like, lifted from The Hobbit, or vice versa, right? Vice versa, mm-hmm. Tolkien, I know you've been listening to this. Anyway, uh, I said it might have been lifted, but you know what? Reading through this now, absolutely not, right? I don't think it bears even the slightest resemblance to The Hobbit, so... And whatever mountains they were trying to escape from. Glenn, hit me up at jeffreadsbook.com! Okay. Um, yeah, but I think their escape was actually a lot more boring than I hoped. It, it's... What do I want to say? The way they use magic in this freaking whole series of books is infuriating. Because it's like, what chance does anybody have against these people? You know, it's just dumb, and everybody's stupid, and they don't expect magic somehow, and, oh, we could just hide, or I can look funny, and it'll work. How is that, like, a thing? I don't know. Maybe, like, uh, Margot can change her appearance or make herself disappear or other people disappear, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, um, what do I want to say? Um, maybe that is, like, a more, hmm unique ability that she can do that like uh, i mean we did say in book two that she has kind of a specialized uh profession as an illusionist an illusionist and like a mage of stealth right but uh i don't know i would assume other mages would be able to recognize it but this book has proven no nobody can tell the difference (laughs) Mm. almost done with a bourbon which isn't good because it's like 12.20. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't a very exciting escape, and I don't know, I think if I'm going to write a book in November, first, I should think of a plot, don't you think? Second, it should be good, but I don't know that it will be good, so, uh, what do I want to say? Like, it's more, they should face more hardship. It's very annoying that they don't, right? Ah, I mean, it's just, oh, I'm Henry, I can kill everybody in the room, yay, and then he just does, and that's fun, or, oh my god, they might see us, and Margot waves her hand, oh, nobody can see us ever now, we can just walk around like normal, ugh. I think in Bringing Balance, I did a better job of making these characters have at least some vulnerabilities, like, Henry almost died, Margot almost died, you know, blah blah blah, it was a little better in a way, but, ah, here we are. What are we going to do? All right. Why don't we hit up some discussion questions? Because I haven't taken a shower today, and I feel like I should. Okay. Uh, First question. Okay. So they hide in a room full of, like, empty crates and stuff like that. 
Question one, have you ever had a crate at your house? And for what reason? Now, by crate, I want one made out of wood, okay? Don't give me this, well, I had some furniture delivered in a fucking big cardboard box. That's nonsense. Have you ever had, like, a wooden crate show up at your house? I'm honestly trying to think of one, and uh, I'm coming up shy. I I can't think of a time that's happened. I mean, you'd think, like, some... Well, so the problem is, like, uh, you know, furniture probably gets shipped around in crates a lot, but... You know, by the time it hits your house, it's not in a crate. It's just coming off the truck, right? I, I would think. Um, uh, yeah, I'm at a loss. I can't think of any. I guess the closest would be, like, we had our windows replaced once. Well, twice. Well, three times. Whatever. And uh, they came in, like, wood, like, bracing them together and stuff like that. I guess it's the closest I can get to a crate. I can't think of any other reason why I would have a crate. Yeah, it's just never happened. I feel like that's really gone out of fashion. Like, well, probably because you're not allowed to get, like, wood delivered from China, so they can't make crates, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's my guess. Yeah, that's how we end up with, like, the emerald ash borer killing all the ash trees in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com, if you ever had a crate delivered to your house. Fun. I have the most appropriate discussion questions. Am I right? And let's get to this second one. Okay, Astrid, broken leg, she's been hopping around with other people's help, although she's in excruciating pain. Question two, are you good at hopping on one leg? Yeah, that's like a balance question, huh? I have to say, I feel like I sort of am. And uh, that is because, what do I, well, when, well, I I think it's, I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, my left knee has a relatively new, um, anterior cruciate ligament made out of my own hamstring installed. Yes, it was. Uh, I had that installation done in, I don't know, about five years ago. But part of like the physical therapy was hopping, like hopping on my left leg specifically. But I did some on both feet and stuff. And balance is a problem, but it was to like build like leg strength to make sure I wouldn't tear my ACL again, I guess, or, you know, it was to get my left leg up to snuff again. And, uh, so I feel like at this point, I'm pretty good at hopping. I do it a lot as like part of my like exercise. Got to do hopping. It's good. So I think I'm good at it. How, like, how far could you, could you do well at hopscotch? I actually don't know how to play that, but, uh, I think I could do very well at it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right into the show if you're good at hopping, jeffreadsbook.com. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine all the high school English classes, probably only advanced placement, I'm guessing, that are going through this book and this podcast with these quality discussion questions, probably appearing on tests and stuff, don't you think? Yeah, I would say so. Oh, for sure. So that's it. I only had two discussion questions because I'm lazy. And uh, what do you want from me? And I got to get upstairs, take a shower, and then watch some football. Yes, yes. Let's watch some men get COVID and lessen their lives by like five to ten years by getting CTE eventually uh, while I drink beer at home. Yes, that's fun, isn't it? I actually, I don't know if I'll drink beer. I have a, uh, a double deuce, as they're known, full of beer I made like two years ago in the fridge. This beer, though... 
I pointed out to the lovely Laura last night that I have like 40 bottles of it still in storage down here, in, right next to the uh, live studio audience. Please don't drink all my beer. Well, actually, please do, because it's actually bad. Like, uh, it turned out sour. So, I'm trying to drink some of it now, but it's real bad. <laughs> Something got screwed up during fermentation, and I can take a guess, like, when I made it, it was an old kit, so it was like old um, malts and stuff like that and grains that I was putting in, so that's my guess, is it was just shitty. Eh, what are you gonna do? Who gives a crap? Who knows what yeast I even used to make it boozy? Ugh. Oh well, who gives a crap? Okay, so I'm gonna go try to do that while I watch the Cleveland Browns. Isn't that exciting? And uh, hopefully I get it, because CBS in Cleveland sucks ass and they have a bad antenna. So, if you want to suggest some other ways for me to watch the Browns, you're going to have to do it quickly. But right into the show, goes, go into uh, jeffreadsisbook.com, and then right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. You can email me at jeff at rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Mastodon at jeff at toot dot rainbow dash 100.com how exciting is that yeah you guys should definitely write to me and just tell me you're listening because at this point i feel like nobody is <laughs> it's making me sad a little bit you know just write it come on come on it only takes a second come on tell me all right big question for this week not a discussion question who are you on, Team Margo or Team Astrid? Yes, right into the show. Okay, that about does it, though. Uh, nothing else to say. I'm out of booze. Uh, I'm going to go take a shower. So until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.